We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we spotlight the NFL Week 3 action. Today, we'll be breaking down the quarterback, tight end, and defense positions. You can also find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at Rotocurve, Rotowire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS, as well as hosting the Daily Slant Show and writing at ProFootballFocus.com. The Rotowire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, welcome to Week 3 here, man. How you doing? Not too bad. Hanging in there. Um, I actually got tickets to go see the Jets and the Eagles this weekend, so got to get my uh, DFS lineups in early and then uh, go start my tailgating on Sunday. Very interesting there. You know, there's nothing like checking for injuries while you're grilling hot dogs um, in, you know, sub-temperatures there. Actually, it's you know, it's not too bad out there uh, in, in New Jersey right now. It's not it's not freezing uh, cold yet there in September, is it? You got some some decent weather for the time being? Oh, yeah. No, it's actually great. It's, um, you know, it's probably about like 70 degrees, so it's not too cold and it's not too hot. You know, probably long sleeve shirt weather and, uh, you know, my Jets jersey over the top of it and I'll be good to go. Awesome, man. So um, so basically we're going to be talking about how we can squeeze Jeremy Curley into some lineups or <laughs> if uh, Devin Smith is going to be a fancy factor here in week three. Chris Owasu, baby. <laughs> Well, you know, um, I personally want to talk about um, Brandon Marshall there, but uh, we're not talking wide receivers today, so we'll store that for tomorrow's episode there, so make sure you tune in for that. Today we're talking QBs here, tight ends and defenses, so let's go ahead and kick it off at the quarterback position Who here. Who's going to be anchoring your lineups for week three? Well, if I'm paying up for anybody this week, I'm going to stick with what's working, and I'm going to go with Tom Brady again. Um you know, basically, they have New England has the highest intrinsic total in Vegas this week. They're expected to score a little bit over 30 points. Um, they're at home. And the thing I love about New England is they're one of the few teams that keeps their foot on the gas. Um, the Giants have this problem where they'll get up and then they'll try to 
you know, Tom Coughlin's old school, so they try to go, you know, hand it off and let their defense do it. But if you don't have a great defense and you don't have a running game, you really can't play that way. And Belichick and New England understand that. They don't have a, a stud defense. They don't have a stud running game. So when they get up, they just keep their foot on the gas. They'll keep throwing the ball. You know, they'll, they'll keep moving the ball up the clock, uh, up the field. Um, you know, doesn't matter to them whether the clock stops or not. They, you know, they get so many plays off. They wind up, you know, putting up so many points. And, I mean, Brady right now is averaging close to 28 fantasy points per game. He's 8,700 this week. So he's averaging over three points per thousand dollars of cost right now, which is pretty sick for for basically anybody at any position. Um, he's the third most expensive quarterback right now, which is shocking to me because the way he's been playing, he's seems like he's on pace to have another MVP-type season. And this is coming from a Jet fan, so it's not easy for me to say these things. But, um, you know, I hear everybody this week talking about, you know, oh, the Garrett Blount's back. They're going to run the ball. But... To me, you know, Lewis is still the number one back there. Brady likes to play out of that shotgun. He likes having that running back next to him. He likes to look at what the defense is doing. You know, if they don't have enough guys in the box, he'll hand it to Lewis and let him run there, or he'll throw a little swing pass out to him and go that way. And that's what New England does. You know, Pittsburgh does the same thing. Is they don't they actually use the pass almost like a running game. They'll throw those short passes and let the you know pass catchers go and get some yards after the uh, after the catch. And they're very content to do it that way. So both New England and Jacksonville are in the top seven for pace numbers this year for uh, number of seconds per play that they get off. So I expect this to be an incredibly high-scoring game. I don't love New England's defense. I think that um, you know Jacksonville will be able to put up a few points. I think that the final score of this game could be something like 42-21. And if that's the case, you got to figure Brady for three or four touchdown passes in that. So... I still have no problem using Brady. I know it's a little bit off the beaten path from what a lot of people are expecting, but I just don't see them, you know, changing what they do and and giving Legarrette Blunt twenty five carries here. It's just it, it's not what I think New England's going to wind up doing this week. I, I like it there, and I think actually Brady's approaching chalk status now because he's put up so, um, you know, the uh, number one QB. Uh, uh, numbers through 2015 through two games there. So I, I agree with you with the pace and the fact that there's no such thing as running the clock in the fourth quarter, according to Bill Belichick, unless there's one minute left and they want to finally have them burn a timeout under two minutes like they did in Buffalo there last week. So mm-hmm. I think actually you have some ch- some chalk options uh, like Tom Brady, and you can also make a case for him uh, in, in terms of uh, GPPs uh, as well. So for me, for my top three uh, quarterbacks, uh, this week in terms of cash games, I think I have Brady ranked one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is two, but just basically like 1B. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the good news with, with Brady is you get him at 8700 on FanDuel, 9100 the top price option for Aaron Rodgers uh, there on FanDuel. But he's been super consistent, and they get to play at home once again against Kansas City. So I feel fairly solid about that. We did see Peyton Manning uh, get a good th- uh, third quarter run, I believe three touchdowns against Kansas City on the road. So I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to have too much trouble in, in that same s- uh, spot there. And they don't lose too much with uh, James Starks if Eddie Lacy does happen to uh, miss that game there as well. Added bonus too, if you use Aaron Rodgers, you get the Monday night sweat there as well. I'm not saying that uh, you should go out of your way to do that, obviously there, but it's always nice to have the uh, you know your quarterback that uh, as your one of your top options in your back pocket heading into Monday night if the rest of your lineup uh, looks pretty good. Uh, so there's that. For me, I want to talk about quickly uh, Andrew Luck here, and I talked about this yesterday on the uh, Pro Football Focus Daily Slant um, podcast that I host with uh, Renee Miller from ESPN. 
And I feel like that if you take a look at his price, it's it's basically flat. They, they do not care that Andrew Luck has struggled the first two weeks. And I don't care too much either. Uh, you know, you take a look at the matchup. Buffalo, top five defense. Jets playing like a top five defense. You know, top uh, three, four front line. And what they've added to the secondary this year, you could probably um, throw them in the mix there for um, maybe top two or three over, overall there. They've certainly performed better than uh, Seattle has. And um, and Baltimore for for an example, um, so to me I would put the Jets right up there with uh, Denver, who was a top ranked defense in 2014, especially when they added Revis Cromartie and Screen. So taking those two games, I'm going to sort of throw that out, and I like the matchup. I think it's juicy against Tennessee. I like the fact that people are sort of going to be scared off of Luck here because of uh, two straight bad games. You know, three turnovers. Uh, was it three or four turnovers in the in the Monday game? It's really, it actually really doesn't matter. The, the Jets actually had five, and in the, in the, they had five overall. I don't know how. I know a couple. I think it was three interceptions and a couple fumbles. I don't know if they were all Lux fumbles, though. All right, so the, here's my point. Taking a look at the, the uh, pricing going back to last season there, Andrew Luck uh, at his peak was actually had uh, um, a good stretch there. Was he was over 10K on Fandle. Like he was the Kershaw of... Mm-hmm. Uh, fantasy football there now you see him priced down to to nine thousand from ninety two hundred there so the window that you're going to be able to get aaron Rodgers at a um i'm sorry andrew luck at what appears to be expensive is actually a cost savings given what he did last year if you believe in that level of production and i do is actually value and add in the fact that right now you know it's it's just week two heading into week three we haven't seen significant price jumps on some of these value options that you have at running back and some of these guys at wide receiver. So to me, week three is a perfect time to at least throw Andrew Luck in a GPP format and maybe pair him with Dante Moncrief or T.Y. Hilton, you know, depending on uh, who you believe, maybe split the action that way and sort of uh, get in coming off the bounce back while the ownership percentage is probably as low as it's going to be all season. So um, will you be having any shares of uh, Andrew Luck or is it some somebody you're just going to fade for week three? Um, I think he's probably in the best spot he's been so far this season, but I am not going to be rolling him out there. I My biggest problem with Luck has nothing to do with him, but that offensive line in front of him has been pretty putrid so far to start the season. And I don't care how good a quarterback you are. If you don't have guys in front of you that are giving you a little bit of time to throw, you know, you're, you're going to struggle if you have to rush it. I mean, we saw that back in the day with New England and Peyton Manning, the you know, if you don't let a guy set his feet, he's not going to be able to deliver good passes. And if that line doesn't start blocking a little bit better, he's going to have a rough season. And I have him in season long. I expected him to be, you know, one of the top quarterbacks this year. I expected him to, you know, have just a huge year, you know, knocking on the door, 40 touchdowns. But, I mean, after watching him play the Jets the other night, I, I'm, I'm just I, – I need to see – I need to see that line block a little better before I'll put my faith into him. All right, fair enough. Well, just, just uh, you know, duly note here with the, you know Marcel Darius and Mario Williams and that front line that the Jets have. They'll make any offensive line look pretty bad there. So I mean, uh, that's true. That that's that's one thing that I'm going to have a piece in. I just feel like if it's ever if ever Andrew Luck's ever going to be contrarian. This is the one time. Once he bounces back and has, you know, throws for three touchdowns with 300 yards next game, people are back on board, and the ownership percentage is going to be much higher. Yeah, I mean, I think he makes a great GPP play because you figure if people are going to pay up, they're going to go to, <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to go to Rodgers and Brady. Uh-huh. So he's going to be that guy that kind of gets lost in that price range up there. So I think you're going to get very low ownership on him. So for, 
you know, for tournaments this week, he definitely has the ability to go throw for 303 touchdowns. And if he does something like that, I think he could be the guy that's the low-owned one of the, uh, you know, high-priced quarterbacks this week. All right, so I'll definitely be having some shares um, in that vein. Let's talk about some other quarterback options. Who else interests you here uh, heading into week three? You know, I really like Andy Dalton this week. Um, he's 7,100, so the price is, is very fair on him. He's an underdog on the road against the Ravens, and the Ravens last week just got lit up by David Carr for 350 yards and three touchdowns. So the thing I like about Dalton is he has so many weapons on that team. I mean, Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu are solid wide receivers. Obviously, A.J. Green's a stud. Tyler Eifert's a, a, you know coming into his own as a great pass-catching option as well. Uh, Gio Bernard out of the backfield. So there's a whole bunch of guys that he can go to. He's got five touchdowns already this year, hasn't thrown a pick yet, um, and the Ravens' run defense is pretty stout. So I feel like this is a game where they're going to have kind of a pass-heavy game plan, probably going to see a little more. I, I think that Jeremy Hill is going to get back in there as the starter, but you're probably going to see a little more Gio Bernard in this game as well. And, um, you know, Dalton, like I said, at 7,100, that's a really good price. He could wind up throwing. He's been throwing two or three touchdown passes every game. If he gets you, you know, 250 to 300 yards in a pass-heavy game plan and winds up with two or three touchdowns here, he's going to return really good value for that price. And like I said, they are the underdogs, so you got to figure that, you know, maybe the Ravens are winning late and they got to throw and get some, uh, you know, get some garbage time points moving it up the field. So, I'm a big, big fan of Andy Dalton this week, and I'm definitely going to have some shares of him. All right, I like Andy, du- Andy Dalton in that matchup there. You saw what Derek Carr did uh, there as well, and I feel like um, Andy Dalton is far enough down the list at price, you know, price out well outside the top t- uh, 10 on FanDuel at 7,100, and the fact that he's on the road that he's going to be uh, probably even much more than Andrew Luck as a as a contrarian, low ownership type uh, GPP play there. So as well, not no not for cash for me, but uh, definitely going to have some shares uh, of him uh, potentially in GPPs there. Now the other, another quarterback I want to talk about here um, is Aaron Rodgers, and I sound this like a, a little bit obvious to me here, priced at 9,100, top option there as well. I just want to say that if um, you have Tom Brady uh, in your matchup there, uh, and you're using him for cash, I have no problem at all with splitting action in some of your GPPs with Aaron Rodgers uh, there as well. I think it's a fair and a smart thing to do rather than just being uh, having 100% exposure. If one of them happens to throw up a dud one week, you don't have to torpedo all your cash games. And the overall projection... And you know the, the they they provide such a safe floor for for what they're doing in terms of you know in um, volume passing for both of those uh, quarterbacks in those matchups there that there's a good chance that you cash with both of those players in, in your GPPs so that's there's a little way for you to book some insurance for yourself in your cash games when you have two solid options that are priced very very similarly if you need that extra four hundred dollars there I understand then you drop down to Brady and you don't look back and you can obviously feel good about it there but. Just in the potential option for you there, I and mean, it sounds like some chalk uh, for you, but you know, uh, given what Brady has done and some of the other options that are available, he's another guy that I think that people sort of just you know automatically assume that you don't need to pay attention to f- for GPPs. And while that may be true, I, I think he makes uh, a perfect cash game play uh, there as well. Um, I want to ask you about Philip Rivers here. I feel like he's a little bit underpriced. Uh, on Fandel and no one's really talking about him. He's in that middle tier. He produces enough that you're never going to get a huge discount on him. But um, so far, so good. Uh, overall, he's held his own. You get a little bit of a discount, um, another $400 um, down uh, in, in price from 8200 there last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Any interest in Mr. Rivers here? 
Um, what what's his price? Seventy seven hundred this week on Fanduel. That's actually a pretty fair price for him. I mean, you know that Rivers likes to throw the ball a lot. He likes to spread it around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they might try to run the ball a little bit more today. I mean, Gordon actually looked really good to me last week. And if you remember, Minnesota basically got ran all over in week one with Carlos Hyde. So that's my only concern with Rivers is that I think early on they're going to try to establish the run um, using Gordon in there. But you know that they always wind up passing the ball. They know you know that the you know Rivers is going to wind up with at least one or two touchdown passes because he pretty much does it every game, and he gets a lot of attempts. So I I'd be all right with that. I'd be on board. Okay, fair enough. Um, I just wanted to maybe I'm going to try to do this each and every week as we talk about it there because I think it's just interesting for people to sort of uh, look at and pay attention to. But Tyrod Taylor uh, is the quarterback uh, on this list here with the biggest um, per, uh, price change. Uh, from week two to week three, an increase of two thousand dollars. So he's up to seven thousand this week, and they attacked on an extra thousand dollars on Brandon Whedon, who's up to sixty-five hundred at home against Atlanta. Then, if you take a look at the the biggest discounts that um, were applied uh, this week, believe it or not, uh, Aaron Rodgers loses six hundred dollars after his performance, and who knows why? Maybe it's just because they're uh, price adjusting for Kansas City, which has performed better defensively through two mm-hmm. weeks there. And then Russell Wilson is four hundred dollars off off of his price down to eighty four hundred against Chicago, which I'm super interested in uh, as a play as well. You saw what Carson Palmer did, so Russell Wilson to me I think can be option one C uh, or two or option two or three there in your cash games uh, because you like as you mentioned huge total on that game. But what, are, they, are they what are they sixteen and a half or fourteen and a half point favorites against Chicago uh, there as well? Yeah, I think it's 14 and a half, and I think it's actually going up, to be honest. Yeah, it'll probably be up around 30 by game time. <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, only reason that total is like low, 43 and a half, is they don't expect Chicago to do anything, I guess, with yeah. uh, Jimmy Clausen. So that's that's pretty interesting there. They might get the, they might get the 43 and a half on their own. So, yeah. Um, yeah, for all you sports bettors out there, take the over. Uh, so let's go talk about uh, a few other quarterback options. Who else interests you here for week threes? Maybe priced a little bit uh, farther down the line. Well, I'm always a big fan of taking quarterbacks that are going up against the Eagles, and um, I really like Fitzpatrick this week as well. You figure um, Fitz to Marshall all day long with uh, Byron Maxwell on him. I mean, Maxwell has been one of the worst cornerbacks in the league so far this year. I think I saw a stat the other day where he's given up like something like 15 of 17 passes his way for like 240 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. So I'm expecting uh, Fitz and Marshall to keep going. And Fitz has been averaging about 200 yards and two touchdown passes per game. And against any time you're playing against Philly, the, the pace is always faster. So you can always expect the numbers to be ticked up a little bit. So if you tick up those numbers a little bit at his price of only 6,800, there's a good chance that he can get you about 20 points. Um, no Decker is definitely going to be a concern for me. I'm not expecting Eric Decker to play in this game. But the Eagles' run defense has been pretty good, so I do think that the Jets are going to go with a, a pass-heavy game plan in this one. And they're also home dogs against the Eagles, which absolutely sickens me with the way the Eagles have been playing that the Jets are underdogs against them and not getting any respect. But um, basically, I, I just I just don't have a lot of faith in the Eagles right now, and I think that... The Jets are going to wind up coming in and putting up a pretty good show against them this game, and I think that Fitz is going to be the way that they go about doing it. I think that makes a lot of sense there. I'm I'm pretty interested in Fitz magic. 
overalls, um, given given what he's done. Having said that, though, I am sort of I, maybe I'm buying uh, uh, into this narrative a little bit too much. But Owen two teams there that were projected as as a potential playoff, um, you know, uh, contenders going into 2015. You know, they were playoff teams in 2014, mm-hmm. like the Eagles, the Seattle Seahawks, which is the obvious one, the Houston Texans. I'm on all these guys here to sort of you know back against the wall come out and you know they know that they go if they're going oh and three they're really they're really um shooting themselves in the foot in terms of uh the the ability to come back from that and make the playoffs there percentage i believe is um in the single digits there i I think it's a 13 percent chance or something like that already if you're oh and two to make the playoffs there so back firmly against the wall uh for for the philadelphia eagles one piece of bad news though uh, you know, if for anybody who's taking a look at that, I believe Dr. Oh, DeMarco yeah. Murray came down with a hammy industry, um, ha- industry, sorry, hammy injury, <laughs> and did not talk to reporters uh, after today's game. So he left practice there. So could be some shares of Ryan Matthews that we'll be interested in. And we'll talk about that as we know potentially more tomorrow when we talk running backs and wide receivers on tomorrow's show. So Benny and I will help you get prepared for that on Thursday. Uh, but uh, f- Rounding out the quarterback position here for me, I think um, we definitely can't overlook Carson Palmer once again at home against San Francisco. San Francisco looked like they had a, I guess, more legitimate defense than most people expected after that uh, nice performance there on a Monday night in here in week one. Came back down to earth on the road, traveling west coast to east coast. Now they have to travel east back to west, but they don't get to be at home. They're going to be in Arizona there, and we've seen what Carson Palmer has uh, done through two games. He has been a top quarterback option that still hasn't got the level of respect uh, that um, I think that he uh, deserves. FanDuel's given some some respect. They've uh, they've jumped his price up uh, two consecutive weeks from seventy seven hundred to seventy eight. Uh, last week, obviously, that wasn't a big enough jump, and back in uh, up to eighty two hundred there, matching I believe Peyton Manning's price. Uh, so. Uh, actually, no, 100 uh, below Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's 8,200 there as well. So uh, how comfortable are you with rolling Carson Palmer and your lineups against San Francisco this week? I'd be perfectly fine with it. I mean, when you give hit Carson Palmer time and with the group of wide receivers that he has there, um, I think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's – I wouldn't put him – you know what, maybe elite's a little bit strong. I don't know if I'd put him in the top five or six in the league, but he's easily in the top ten, maybe, maybe a step or two behind some of those guys. So – I think he's actually priced right where he should be. He's, you know, not an Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Tom Brady kind of guy. He's in that next tier right behind a couple of those guys, and um, that's probably right where he belongs. I mean, with the numbers he's been putting up already this season, you know, his, his whole thing has always been his health. As long as he's not hurt, he can do this, and right now he's not hurt, so... He's putting up numbers, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. Seven touchdowns through the first two games of the season, and uh, 307 in game one, just 185 in game two, but the game was well in hand there as they headed into the fourth quarter um, as well. And I think, you know, also lost a possession uh, on a kickoff return uh, thanks to uh, David Johnson there. So, pretty interesting. Uh, matchup there overall i actually do like the fact that andre ellington is out for uh for the time being because i think they can make them a little bit more of a 60 40 pass run option uh mm-hmm. since you know that chris johnson is uh not as uh effective a running uh, running back as uh andre ellington is and they don't necessarily have 
uh, full amount of trust in David Johnson yet, which, you know, uh, that's, that, that's a Bruce Arians rookie thing. And to me, it's like a, a rookie type coach mistake, even though he isn't a rookie coach. So, yeah. I mean, you're never going to be able to tell him anything when he's, uh, when he's two and no, and he's blowing out Chicago there in the, you know, coming off that game. So that's beside the point. What is the point here is we've given you some great quarterback options and now we're going to talk about the tight end position here. So, um, anybody, uh, besides uh, Gronk that is a must play or is Gronk tier one bar none and no one else is in, in that group? What, what do you say? I mean, honestly, like Gronk to me is a guy who's just, you almost plug and play him every week. We don't even need to talk about him. People know how good he is. Um, he's got the highest floor and the highest ceiling for me of anybody at the tight end position. So yeah, he's obviously the number one option. If you can fit Gronk in, you fit Gronk in. But to me, I actually really like uh, Travis Kelsey this weekend as well. Um, he should have a lot more looks than he had last game. It kind of felt like I actually played him in that Thursday game, and it kind of felt like he disappeared for a while. And then at the end of the game, I think they remembered that he was on the team. They throw him the ball, and he has a big catch and run for like 30 or 40 yards. And that's what he can do. That's something that he has that a lot of tight ends don't have, is he has the ability to catch the ball and you know pick up yards after the catch with it. They run screen passes to him. They give him those quick passes at the line of scrimmage and try to get some blockers out in front of him. And I think that Kansas City on that Monday night game, they should be trailing late um, as they're the underdog going up against Green Bay. So I think he can pick up some garbage points as well. And I think they realize that they got away from him. So I think they're going to try to feed him early. So if they feed him a couple catches early and then he picks up some more catches and garbage time late in this game, you add those two together and I think he's going to wind up with a huge game. And he's a $2,000 discount to Gronk, so he doesn't need to do a well, – I won't say he doesn't need to do a lot, but he doesn't need to do a ton in order to make value at only uh, 6400 I think that's a really good price for him. And, and the rosters where I don't have Gronk, I think I'm going to have a lot of uh, Travis Kelsey in there. I like it uh, there as well. Um, adding to that fact in, in that tier here, of 6K range, basically you have two tight end options uh, if you're not going Gronkowski, and I clearly endorse that. I will definitely have um, Tom Brady um, probably matched up with, Gr- with Gronk uh, in cash games um, or Edelman, depending on I have to, what I need to do is uh, take a look at Edelman's. Actually, you know what? Check that. I'm going to probably... Um, split the action because uh, Julian Edelman has a plus cornerback matchup against uh, Devon House in Jacksonville there. Devon House has a negative grade uh, um, at Pro Football Focus and Julian Edelman looks very good in that spot there. So I might try to roll them both if, uh, if, if I can uh, fit enough, save, get enough costumes there on FanDuel. But uh, the way I'm looking at this here is if you're not going Gronkowski and we're obviously saying that you should try somewhere, GPP or cash, um, I'm, I am actually going to be interested in Jimmy Graham. I do think that Kelsey bounces back against Green Bay. I believe they have trouble defending the tight end uh, there, but you wouldn't be able to tell from what Seattle did last week. Um, but Jimmy Graham, whenever you see this, and this, this, I guess it's just sort of like an intuitive thing, and man, I don't know if you believe in this. Um, I, I don't have enough stats or even a way to really dig this up, but whenever you see a star player like um, you know Jimmy Graham, for example, rant about their role in the offense, there and you know that they're one of the highest played players on the team he's coming off a one catch performance there you sort of feel like he's going to be fed the ball there coming coming out the next week there as well and you know that it's a juicy matchup at home against Chicago so I'm going to have some shares of Jimmy Graham and I'm going to pair him with with Russell Williams uh, Russell Wilson and uh, a few of my GPPs uh, there as well your your thoughts on Jimmy Graham um, yay or nay I mean my thing with Jimmy Graham is just 
you know, we still think of Jeremy Graham as the guy that was in that New Orleans offense. And the pricing algorithm still thinks of Jimmy Graham as the guy that's in that New Orleans offense. This offense throws the ball about a third less than that offense threw the ball. So I do completely agree, and I, you know, was thinking the exact same thing when I saw all the, you know, the the sniping in the news about the whole situation. But especially in this game, like, you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm figuring Seattle's going to blow them out this game. So I think that if he's going to get fed, he might get fed early. I figure he will get a touchdown. Um, but I still think that this is going to be Marshawn Lynch pretty much most of the third and fourth quarter because I think that they are just going to absolutely kill the Chicago team, and it's not even going to be a game. So I think he'll get fed early. I think he'll have a pretty big first half. I just don't know how much he's going to get after halftime when they're already up three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, that's the question. That Well, here's the thing. If they get up and, and blow up, and unless you see Marshawn Lynch just run all over Chicago, which is potentially possible, um, but Chicago does do a decent amount of um, holding teams uh, to a, under 100 yards throughout 2014 uh, from uh, a defensive perspective there at the running back position. It's supposed to be an improved defense coming into this season here. So I, if you do see the fact that they have to, you know, they're, they're cruising, hopefully Jimmy Graham has already got a good piece of that. And, yes. um, you know, I'm, so I, I won't worry too much about the blowout uh, p- potential. Overall, I'm figuring if it does happen, then the guy that you rolled with, you know, at least at minimum, Russell Wilson, uh, got, a, got a good piece of that action. The next thing I will say here is um, if you're not going to go with Jimmy Graham, then we get into value ter- territory in terms of uh, a tight end. So you can go all the way down the line here on FanDuel from the 5K range um, up into – uh, even uh, a, a little bit below that for some of these uh, off-the-beat options here there as well. So if you're not going with uh, either of those guys in the top three, uh, who's going to make your, your lineups uh, cash or GPP in the second tier? Um, well, I actually have two guys who I'm looking at that are cheap. Um, I'll save my one for, for after this as my home run play. But uh, the other guy that I wanted to talk about was uh, Eric Ebron. Um, basically, right now, they have Brandon Pettigrew is out in uh, Detroit. The two of them were expected to split a lot of the tight end duties. But with Pettigrew out, you've been seeing a lot of snaps for Ebron lately. He's only 5,100. And, I mean, this guy was a big first-round draft pick, so they were expecting a lot out of him. Didn't have a huge uh, a huge year last year in the league in his first year. But um, he's in a really good spot here because Calvin Johnson draws a lot of double teams and a lot of coverage, a lot of you know extra attention from the safeties over the top. And that has allowed Ebron to have touchdowns in his first two games because they keep lining this guy up against linebackers. And I don't think teams realize how fast he is. He has he has some pretty good speed. And with Denver having that really good pass rush and with them bringing extra guys on the blitz, you're going to have him lined up one-on-one with linebackers in a lot of situations. And he's been able to beat that pretty much so far to start the season. Um, he's a guy that has speed. He's a good outlet for Stafford if he's under pressure. So I think he'll make a couple catches that way. And he also has the speed to get behind the linebackers down the seam and, you know, pick up some big yardage plays. That's how he had his touchdown in the first game. And I think there's a good chance that he could do something like that again here. I mean, again, speed is something that plays in the NFL. And this guy has a lot of it, uh, you know, for a big guy at the tight end position. So I think he's one of the guys that I'm interested in down there in that $5,000 range at 5100 Yeah, I like the fact that um, it's actually a tough matchup, believe it or not, with uh, Denver. Um, coming on the road for uh, the Detroit Lions and uh, Eric Ebron. So if you take a look at what the, what they're going to probably going to try to take away, which is 
you know, you'd figure Calvin Johnson won, maybe Golden Tate. Um, and then you, you obviously have to pay attention to Amir Abdullah, less to Joyke Bell because he's been absolutely terrible. But we know that um, Amir Abdullah has home run hitter ability, so I'm sure he's, you know, in their defensive game plan there. Um, and that's going to open up a lot of potential targets there. And you like the fact that he's got 15 targets through 10 games. I'm sorry, to two games this season. 10 targets last week and as as cashed in both weeks at the, uh, you know, in the red zone uh, for a touchdown. I don't expect him to score a touchdown every week, but I am encouraged by the fact that they're playing a tough defense. So there's going to have to be more secondary looks. And he ended up with 10 targets uh, last week. So I definitely like that. And you get him at the, bo- at the bottom of the second tier prices there at 5,100 there uh, as well. Somebody I'm going to be interested in a similar situation there is Jordan Reed. Uh, he is going to be uh, matched up against the New York Giants. I don't think that the if you know the the Giants, they're pretty stout against the run. I believe teams are averaging just three yards a carry for the first two games of the season on them. So I'm not going to be too involved in the Matt Jones experience here. I think I'm going to pour a little bit of cold water uh, on that. But having said that there, you take a look at what he's done. 13 catches uh, through the first two games there, 17 targets. He caught every ball that he was... Uh, um, well, that was thrown his way there, six for six for 82 yards, in the, and does find the end zone in week one. So he led the team in in um, catches and yards there in week two, and um, he's actually the more preferred target and has run deeper routes or produced more yardage than Pierre Garçon, who you would think would be the top option with Deshaun Jackson out, but you know apparently Pierre Garçon can only catch like a like a three yard screen pass. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Jordan Reed, to me, is almost you can treat him like a wide receiver one, and you only have to pay another $200 over Eric Ebron. So I'm going to have a, definitely have um, a good amount of shares in, in Jordan week, uh, Reed here in week three. Who else uh, is going to be uh, lining up uh, out wide for you at the tight end position? All right, now here's, here's my home run play for the week, and it's contingent on something, but from what I'm seeing, it, it looks like it could be a situation that comes to fruition. Uh, Kobe Fleener. <clears throat> is only $4,900, and Dwayne Allen is banged up. They're saying that there's a chance that he might not play this weekend. Now, I don't know if you remember last year, but my problem with either one of these guys on a weekly basis is you never know, not even that you never know who's going to get the production. Mm-hmm. You know that they're both going to see four or five targets, and they're mm-hmm. both probably going to get maybe a red zone look or so, but either one of them getting four or five four or five targets and a red zone look doesn't really excite me for somebody that I have to pay for a tight end. But when one or the other is out, all that gets consolidated into one guy. So I don't know if you remember last year, but last year when Dwayne Allen was out, Fleener put up some huge numbers. I think he had one game where he had like 27 or 28 points because now he's getting 10 targets and two or three red zone looks instead of four or five targets and only one red zone look. So at $4,900, and again, hear what I'm saying here, completely contingent on the fact that Dwayne Allen might be out. But if Dwayne Allen is out, I am going to have a ton of Kobe Fleener on all my rosters. I like that there as well. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit... So what you're saying is... So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dwayne Allen, for me, is is it's imperative that he's definitely out of this game if you're going yes. to gamble on Kobe Fleener uh, mm-hmm. there as well. And, I would, and what I want to do here is if... And if I'm in that situation, I want to make sure that I'm using this uh, these cost savings effectively to roll a stud there at the flex position or or or, or spend up um, because you're using Kobe Fleener because it really is a home run GPP type of play uh, mm-hmm. there as well. But I love the matchup against Tennessee, and I've already endorsed Andrew Luck, so I don't know how I can't not be on uh, on the side of Kobe Fleener in that same vein there as well. It's, 
interesting to me. I also want to talk about somebody who's sort of in that same area, but has you know got a lot more shine coming off his week two performance, and that's Crockett Gilmore there for fifty four hundred. There we've seen this, the price skyrocket pretty good here, up seven hundred dollars on Fanduel, um, up against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, but they do, he does get to play at home. Sort of an uneven performance here in in uh, week one and two. Uh, just two catches for 23 yards, but then he explodes for five for 88 and two scores against the Raiders there. Um, you know, up now from 4,500 to f- to 54 here in week three. Are you drinking the Crockett Gilmore Kool-Aid or are you off this? Now, I actually had him in week one when he was like 4,500 or something like that. He was, yeah. Um, I don't know if I like him as much at 54. That game doesn't have a huge total in it. Um, and they do have both of the running backs healthy now with uh, Talia Farrow back. I think it, that they're going to try to keep the keep the ball on the ground a little bit more. Um, I do like Gilmore. I actually liked him coming into the season. Like I said, I actually played him in some GPPs in week one. I liked him a lot more when he was dirt cheap because he allowed you that extra couple hundred bucks so you can come up from a you know, mid-tier wide receiver to like an Antonio Brown or something like that if you needed the, the, the savings. Um, at 54, though, I think I agree with your last pick. I'd rather have like a like a Jordan Reed in that situation. Um, I just think that the targets are a lot more. You know, we've seen a lot more consistency out of a guy like Jordan Reed, so I think I trust him a little more than I trust Crockett at this point. I, I agree with you there as well. I mean, just 10 targets overall through two games, which is 17 for. Uh, Jordan Reed, so and and then you get a hundred dollar discount. Not that that's huge, but it it may matter uh, depending on how close you cut your your budget for for week three. So I'm I'm always going to prefer the volume uh, when I'm splitting hairs between the two. And I just think Crockett Gilmore is worth mentioning because uh, if you look at the Jordan Reed situation, he's basically in a similar situation there with Steve Smith. There, there's just no wide receiver two to speak of. Nobody cares about Kamar Aiken or you know um, anyone else you can potentially name. Uh, at the wide receiver two position there outside of Steve Smith. And Justin Forsett has had trouble get, getting it going. So he could be a, a legit, legit option. Having said that, I, I'm going to take the volume of targets for, for Jordan Reed, but I think he's an interesting option if you are looking for some differentiation. Somebody you at least have to keep tabs on uh, from, mm-hmm. from the tight end position here. And, well, no doubt. Any other yeah. tight ends that we need to, uh, to, to take a look at before uh, we move on to defense? Um, not really. I mean, you can look at a guy like Tyler Tyler Eifert. Um, he's obviously been playing great so far. He's actually a part of that passing game. I'm actually a little bit off him because of that shoulder injury that he had. Uh, so I don't know if I love him as much with the price having come up. If he was still down in that $5,400, $5,500 range, maybe I'd like him a little more. But um, I can't see spending a little bit less um, on him than going up and getting like a Travis Kelsey for like a hundred or two hundred dollars more. Um, so it's basically just the same situation like we were talking about with with Reed and Gilmore is, you know, if you can get another guy who you like better for like a hundred or two hundred dollars more, I think that Kelsey is a much better play than Eifert is this week. So I'd rather just spend that extra two hundred bucks there and and find somewhere else to save two hundred if I needed to. Yeah, and speaking of Tyler Eifert, he is the number one uh, price increase among tight ends, up nine hundred dollars from week two. Crockett yeah. Gilmer up seven hundred. Travis Kelsey up four hundred. Long with Daniel Fells there, and if you take a look at the flip side of that, Owen Daniels plummeting down to forty seven hundred, which is still not low enough for me to be interested in him. Uh, Eight hundred dollars forty to forty seven here in week three, and Martellus Bennett uh, down six hundred dollars along with Jimmy Graham. 
after their week two duds and with the potential quarterback change that's happening uh, with Jay Cutler out there. So there's your, your pricing recap from the tight end position. All right, before we get into defense, we want to let you know that if you have not gotten in on, if you missed out on week two for DFS, uh, you missed out a ton because there was a million dollars being given away to first place on FanDuel, and they're doing it right here, right now, once again here in week three. So you've seen the ads. You know your friends are playing. Now it's your turn to get signed up at FanDuel.com. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. The money is real. They're paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay on their salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just a dollar so anyone can play. You know fantasy football, so now prove it at FanDuel.com. So go to FanDuel.com right now and click on the microphone in the right upper right hand corner use my promo code here rwdfs and sign up now if you got some great plays here on fanduel make sure to uh hit us up on twitter at benny r11 and at josh hayes fs let us know who you like on fanduel here this week send us a tweet and uh we'll uh, give you some of our best plays there as well out there on twitter as as along with uh, this show so special offer for new users for every dollar you deposit on fanduel we'll match it up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play that's a bonus of up to 200 dollars the offer is only good for the first 50 people that use my promo code here rwdfs today don't forget to use this code rwdfs fanduel.com where every day is a new season that's f a n d u e l dot com sign up today all right let's talk about some defense here who is going to be getting in the trenches shutting them down getting some pick sixes for you here in week three benny all right i mean i don't even think we need to talk about them the chalk far and away this week is the seahawks against chicago with uh you know clausen stepping in for cuddler they're going to be a huge they're a huge favorite they're going to be incredibly highly owned they're basically the cash game defense if you can fit them in there they're 0-2, they're back at home, they're pissed off. I mean, you know, they're they're the chalk. We Like I said, we don't even need to talk about them. They are easily the top defense that's out there and the one that everybody's going to be looking at and everybody's going to be talking about. But if I wasn't using them, <clears throat> there's actually two other defenses that I really like. I love that Denver defense against Detroit. Um, Stafford's health is actually a little bit of a question. He was a little bit banged up after that last game. And that Denver pass rush is legit. I mean... You know, they're favored to have a lead here. If they can force Detroit into being one-dimensional and take the running game out of it, if they get a lead, I mean, Denver already has six sacks and five turnovers through two games, and they've only allowed 25 points so far this season. So I think Denver can definitely dominate Detroit, um, and I would have no problems rolling them out there. The other defense that I like is my Jets going up against the uh, Eagles. And again, this might be a little bit of a homer pick because I'm a big Jet fan. But that Eagles O-line has looked horrible. Um, the two new guards that they got in can't block anybody. And the Jets have already generated 10 turnovers in two games this year, which actually ties an NFL record up to this point. They're tough against the run. And with the DeMarco Murray news today, that's just going to make it you know, a little bit harder for an Eagles team that hasn't been able to run the ball already anyway. Um, the Jets have some of the top run stuffers, according to the uh, the metrics that I look at. Um, guys like Harrison and Wilkerson, I mean, it's they're going to have to force Philly to pass. And we saw what happened when they forced Indy to pass last weekend. You know, they wound up picking off uh, Luck a couple times. They wound up having a pretty big game. So I think uh, the Jets, Denver, and Seattle are going to be the three teams that I roll out there the most. All right, I'm with you for the most part. 
um, there as well. Uh, the one team that I've uh, that sort of uh, it's off the beaten path for me. Um, obviously, I'm anchoring for for cash. I think I'm pretty much going to be it's going to be Seattle all the way unless I get mm-hmm. forced into a, a a weird position with some of my lineups. In which case, I don't think I'm still coming off Seattle. I'll probably make an adjustment to get Seattle in there. Um, yes. Having said that, Houston to me is pretty interesting against Tampa Bay. There they fit that 0 and 2 team playing at home, back against the wall type of uh, mantra that I was uh, talking about earlier in the show. I'm not sold on Tampa Bay as a as a world beater. I don't care that they beat New Orleans and, and played well uh, there as well. Uh, I I feel like the Jadavian Clowney JJ Watt um, you know experience has not come to full fruition yet, and there's a great opportunity for them to do it against the number one pick in the draft, the rookie quarterback. So. Um, it's only a $300 discount, so you, but they do have uh, one of the top projections for scoring here among defenses here in Week 3. So I think it's going to be opportunistic. And if you want to go a little bit off the beaten path here, 4600 for Cleveland at Oakland. Did a fine job bringing the rush. If you watch that game at all, they brutalized Marcus Mariota. Seven sacks uh, uh, for Marcus Mariota and um, could have had another uh, interception tacked on if it wasn't for an inconsequential uh, illegal hands-to-the-face penalty there as well that he threw um, in, into the red zone there. So they've been uh, doing a, a much better job um, producing a pass rush, and I think that uh, Derek Carr is going to be sitting in a similar situation to Marcus Mariota here with uh, t- you know ability for them to brush the passer and potentially create turnovers here in Week 3 at home against Oakland. So I'll be interested, and I'll be have some GPP shares of, of the Cleveland D here for $4,600 on FanDuel in Week 3. And if you notice that this segment's been short between Benny and I, it's because there's not a lot of great options. Uh, I think Benny will agree with me there as well. You have a couple core guys that you can use on defense, and a lot of the rest of it is a mess. Like, you don't like, you know, teams on the other side of the ball, or one team has a really bad matchup um, that could just, you know, force the issue uh, for the offense, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think you're, you're, you're with me on that, correct? Yeah, and I mean, and honestly, the Seahawks are, like, there's a reason why we're saying they're, like, super chalk this week. Like, if you're not playing them in cash... You're gambling. You're really taking a chance because yeah. it it's you know it's about the best matchup, the best situation that we've had all year. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with part two of our uh, uh, NFL Week 3 preview here for FanDuel on the Rotowire DFS podcast. We'll be breaking down the, the running back, the wide receivers, and the all-important kickers on FanDuel pricing there. So pay attention to that. Stay uh, tuned that for that coming to you uh, pretty soon here uh, on Thursday. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. We want to let you know that this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience, so be sure to give us a rating, a review, and don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. They're going to kill the love of my life if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.